Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that has heard this panic on the streets of North London. We're looking back at a huge win at the Emirates, the 11th league win in a row over Arsenal. See, never in doubt. 23rd league win on a row on a Wednesday, more importantly. <laughs> They've seen City go top of the league at least for a few days. It was a match that has predictably given us a lot to talk about, which we like. We certainly do on this occasion. And to do so, it's the return of the big gunners. It's Asan and Lloyd. Good afternoon, Asan. Afternoon, Howard. How you doing? Shall I tell you how I'm doing? Listen to this. Cans, mate. That's how I'm doing. Cans. I bet you that's a lilt. <laughs> One of the last ones available here. I am not advertising anything, any brands on this podcast until they pay me. So it's just an unnamed cold beverage that has come out the fridge. Come on, Vimto. How many times do you have to mention you? Sponsor our Friday show. Uh, good afternoon, Lloyd. How are you? Afternoon. Big gunners, I like it. Yeah, see what I did there. Indeed, I was indeed. I assume you're in a good mood. I'm in a top mood. I'm absolutely buzzing. City are back. They are. Not that we ever really went away, to be fair, but um, there we go. Yeah, I was so blase before the match going. Oh, I've made my peace with this season. What happens, happens. You know, perspective, last couple of weeks. We'll see what happens. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, full, ye of little faith. Full time. <laughs> Bouncing in the pub. So <laughs> we're back. We're top. Uh, take that, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, never change. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, prepare myself should it not go well. So there we go. And I've been happy with the draw. So, yeah, what a great result. Shall we crack on with it then? Let's go, man. Let's, Let's go. On. We always start with a team. Uh, <laughs> son, possibly not quite as we'd hoped, expected, predicted. Bernardo seemed to be left back again. Do we worried at all? No, I don't, we said I in don't, a preview, didn't we? We we can't do that against Arsenal. What we did against Villa. No, but I also don't think that uh, it was impossible that he would do it. I think you, you just you can't predict Guardiola. It's impossible. And when the team came out, the big thing for me was if you can find a way to get Bernardo, Gundo, KDB, Rodri, Haaland, Grealish and Mares onto the pitch, then you've got a good chance of winning whatever game of football that, that you're about to play. So <clears throat> I, and we, you know, I sent you that WhatsApp, put the WhatsApp in the group, like the team leaked maybe an hour before it was supposed to come out um and so the fact that it had leaked an hour before it was supposed to come out also calmed the nerves because i got it early and somehow by the time kickoff rolled around i was bang up for it and also it was such a big game like i i, I know I, I know i keep saying this right but like we get too obsessed with team sheets if our players play good then we play good and if our players play bad then we play bad and it's binary, but that's often how it unfolds. Lloyd, what was your thoughts on the team? Agree with Ace on that kind of seeing it early definitely helped quell some of those nerves. Because um, I think receiving that an hour before kickoff would have been a bit shit hits the fan stages. Um, but I mean, yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous with. Bernardo at left back just because and I think you saw it in the first half to be fair like Saka it's just 
incredible 1v1. Probably, you know, best right winger in the league, I would say, quite comfortably this season. Um, and so, naturally, I, I did feel a bit concerned by that and felt like it was a very risky strategy. But, you know, like Asan said, it was it, even though I was quite idea, against the idea of it, it was never one where you thought there's no way that Pep would do it. And even so, you could understand why he would want to. And that's, again, like Asan just said, getting as many of our kind of, quote, best players on the pitch as possible, particularly given we haven't had a lot of our best players on the pitch in recent times. Um, but no, I mean, it was, basically, it, was, it was the same team, wasn't it, apart from Ake, Phil- Ake Philippot um, that played against Villa. So only one change. Um, and obviously Laporte dropping out, mm. that is a concern. Um, I just What's, can't, look, I think why? we need to, well, it must, I mean, look, Ake is the guy this season, right? Mm-hmm. He is absolutely the guy and he deserves to be the guy. He's played phenomenally in pretty much all of our big games. And, you know, if, I think if you were to say, name City's top three or top five players this season, I think he'd be, he'd be in, he'd be in that conversation for yeah. sure. So he's been great, but you've, you've got to ask questions about Laporte's future. I think there's, there's probably a good chance that, I'd say there's probably a very good chance that he goes in the summer if there's a suitable offer. I don't know what's going on. Um, there's obviously something a little bit between him and Guardiola. He's often thrown in. He was thrown in a little bit with the Cancelo stuff, wasn't he? Around happy faces, sad faces. So I assume it's got to be that. Um, but you know, I don't think we can complain with how it bore out on the pitch. But it's obviously a concern for like the summer onwards. I think. Hmm. Well, yeah. If you're going to move. Okay, from left back then. I guess someone's got to miss out, haven't they? So, and Diaz is well. Diaz is back in the fold, big time. I'm glad to say. He's pretty good, isn't he, Diaz? He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Not bad for as a leader. Yeah, just wish we'd seen him earlier. Anyway, let's throw ourselves into the match. Then there is a lot to talk about. Asan, I'd said on the preview. A lot of the time with City, you know, after ten minutes what sort of city you're getting uh, for performance. Did you get, on this occasion, did you take anything from that first 10 minutes that gave you a, a clue of what lay ahead? Or was it far too on edge and far too, say, cautious or even for you to, to really make such predictions? No, I liked it. Um, I, I, went, I felt as though I ended up going against the grain at half-time because what... Really, what I wanted to see was how we dealt with it. One, I wanted to see if Arsenal were going to go man for man again. And secondly, I wanted to see how City then dealt with that and whether they did the the kind of over-the-top ball to Haaland from early on to try and soften the centre-backs up and just, you know, effectively negate the things that they're good at. So if you... If we if we accept that Arsenal have been really good at being really intense and pressing really high and you know that that comparison to City of seventeen eighteen is a fair comparison because City of seventeen eighteen were like that as well that you know you almost we almost felt as though we could run more than anybody else and therefore we were just gonna have more of the ball and win more games and Arsenal have had a lot of that this season and I I think one of the most effective ways to deal with that is to not allow them that 
not allow them to run at us in the areas that they want to run run at us at. And the fact that they wanted to press so high meant that it was logical that you'd send the long balls up to Haaland. And then the key thing was the second balls. Like, where are we with the second balls? Are we aggressive enough to win the second balls? And then how's our quality? And I think as a pattern of the first half, what I felt was we probably did two of the three steps really well and on each occasion there was one step that wasn't right so the number of times that De Bruyne misplaced a pass in the first half by two or three yards yeah Gundo did exactly the same thing easy ball he's played it behind the player or too far in front of the player those moments they lead to instability because you're the point for me, the point of that tactic is that you play over their press and then you control the football in the final third. If you then immediate, immediately present a turnover for them to transition with, that's not great. So that side of it, I didn't love, but I could see exactly what City were trying to do. And I was really comfortable with it because to my mind, and I, I, th I think it's better I throw this over to you two, to my mind, the thing I felt 10 minutes into the game is we are definitely scoring a goal tonight, if not two. Hmm. Lloyd, then, before we dig down into moments, uh, incidents during the first half, I'll ask your thoughts on that first half. Were we good? And before you answer, I'll quote Pep himself. He was wheeled out after the match onto the pitch as is <laughs> as is the uh, tradition nowadays and he said he tried something new in the first half and his tactics were horrible thought that was very yeah that was a very revealing interview actually very quite on pep as well mm. um but refreshing you know um were we good first half uh yes and no i think what asan said at the beginning is spot on in that to me we just lacked accuracy in the first half so I thought we got ourselves into a few decent situations and then and again I agree with Asan Kevin Gundo were the two big kind of guys that stood out as making just poor passes and then that allowed Arsenal to then kind of apply the pressure back to us um, I thought we had a good spell kind of just before Arsenal had their big spell in the first half so around kind of like 15, 20 minutes. I thought we we turned it on a bit. Grealish got a bit more on the ball. Um, but obviously, Arsenal were... I'd say Arsenal were the more dominant team first half and they were using Saka really effectively and he was drawing a lot of fouls. And I think Bernardo was quite lucky not to get booked a little bit earlier. So, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the free-flowing football that we expected, but... Um, and to give ourselves some credit, we did on the preview say let's we uh, we think we should get a bit of chaos ball with Haaland. Let's kind of lob it up to him a bit more, like we did against Villa. Um, let's go over the top, and that was an obvious tactic. That's the I've got the stats here. That is the most Edison has ever kicked long in a game for City ever. Period. Mm, doesn't surprise so, me at all. Um, it's. I'd, I'd implore people to go have a look. If you go onto Opta Analyst account on Twitter, it shows how many times he went long. So 34 passes, Edison went long. 17 successful. How many of them? I was going to say, how many of them were successful? 17 successful, 17 unsuccessful. Um, but there were at least um, there were at least nine that went all the way into their half and were successful passes, mm. which is that's a lot. And to yep. be honest, even not seeing that. 
you know, that was one of the big things that I felt at half time and after the game that we obviously, you know, Edison often looks for that angle to kind of give it to Ake or whoever. There was a clear tactic for him to to release it, and I thought whilst that you know we've been very critical of Edison's general game, um, and rightly so in recent weeks, I thought that was a real a real plus point for us, and I thought he did a great job in that because he's just got a ridiculous boot, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, Edison, what was your thoughts if something was going wrong? I mean, Bernardo Silva was a yellow card waiting to happen in that first half. Was he the issue at all, that having him up against Saka is not ideal? I mean, I'm going to leave it to the more uh, attuned tactical brains. Obviously, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you guys remember, there's that moment uh, of stoppage in the first half where Guardiola calls, um, he's got Bernardo and Ake with him, and he calls Gundo over as well, right? Mm. And they readjust... And that's the readjustment, I think, when he talks about uh, after the game, uh, I tried something new and it was horrible, yeah? Whatever it was, that's the moment that he changes it, when he calls those three over. Because it felt as though after whatever that adjustment was, we were a little bit better protected in terms of the wide areas and we were it was a little bit harder to penetrate us through the middle as well. And I think that... That he made some sort of adjustment for that. I, I still think, and I, I don't want. I, don't, I know it. I know it sounds dumb, but I still think that the difference between the first half and the second half. You can talk about tactics until you're blue in the face, but when good players play good, good things happen, and when good players play bad, good things don't happen. So, for me, the 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 byproduct of Kevin Gundo giving the ball away in transitions in the first half is that that allows Arsenal to then attack again, which means that their momentum gets stronger and stronger without City necessarily penetrating them going the other way. Having said that, the goal comes from exactly, for me, the kind of thing that up until the goal is not quite right. Yeah, So that the shot from Kev... When he when he takes when he goes to take that shot, honestly, I'm annoyed because I'm like the kind of half he's had, that's going five yards wide, and he should be looking to see where Haaland is. But he buries it, and that's kind of the point that in in the final third, if our players play at their level, it's really difficult then to deal with them. And and in that moment, that's what happens. It's a it's a bad back pass from from Tomiyasu, um, but it's not an easy chance. For me, it's really not an easy awesome. chance. Really difficult chance. Yeah, <laughs> and the pressure, and the pressure away from home in a game of that magnitude, having had the fifteen or twenty minutes previous that Kevin has had, I just think that's just top, top, top draw football. Um, and yeah, for for me, there's a, a a real. I like this Arsenal team a lot. But I can see what the weakness in this Arsenal team is. And I, I called it after the cup game, and I've been saying it for a few weeks, that they're really young, right? And you need... We know, because we've been made to look mugs and look naive in the Champions League way too many times. I know what it means to be naive in big moments, in big games against really experienced players. And to a greater or a lesser extent all the way through Arsenal's building up their head of steam in the first half. I'm going, 
they're three passes from conceding a goal here because we just need one of these long balls that comes off Haaland's head and lands at De Bruyne's feet. We just need one of those for KDB to pick the right pass. And that's it. We're through them and it's 1-0. So even in the moment that Arsenal were playing at their best or at their most dangerous, and I promise you, I, I felt this all the way through the first half. I just felt we're going to score here. And particularly after the... I, maybe one of the reasons I'm so disappointed with the with the penalty that gets given is because I was absolutely convinced after the first went in this would be two 0 at half time. I just I was sure of it. Like it just felt as though Arsenal were going to try and go up a gear and just leave themselves more exposed at the back. And yeah, just the the overall the occasion, everything around it. Arsenal didn't handle it well at all. And I'm not just saying that. Like I, I felt it all the way through all that cheerleading stuff, man. Every time the ball went out and play, it just, it felt like the, as a team, they were so distracted by the occasion and, and all that's around it that they weren't really cold on the pitch. And I think you can't be cold. You, in the biggest games, you do have to be cold and they just weren't. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.